I hope you're ready to uh, fold your wings and actually hibernate. Get that lovely cup of tea or a lovely cup of coffee or whatever you need to get cosy. And uh, I still can't believe that this is episode nine. Nine! My favourite number. Um, Episode nine of Radio Owl's Nest. What a long journey we've been taking together. But an enjoyable journey for me and I hope it is for you too. Well, number nine, as I said, is my favourite number, so let's try and make this show a really enjoyable Radio Owl's Nest. I'm going to start off with a brand new song. What about that? Well, it's in between, really. It's a bit of an older song mixed with a newer song, (laughs) in the sense that I started this a long time ago, but recently I put finishing touches to it and actually topped it off, as they say. So this is a song called Compass. And you know how it is with those ones that we love. They seem to be a compass to us, don't they? They seem to bring us back to the place we should be. So give it a listen. There's a new song called Compass.
We are really lucky, aren't we, when we uh, come across people that uh, show us the right road to take, show us north and south, route us, people that can um, make it very clear where we should be headed. That's a new song called Compass. And uh, let's stay in that emotional place. I feel all warm and cosy and uh, linked to love. So um, I think I want to play you um, a different mix of a song called Soul Print. Soul Print appeared as track four on an album of mine uh, called A Temper of Peace back in 2012. Uh, for me, it's probably the most important song on that record. And even to this day, I think it's one of the best songs I've written. Um, I think purely from the emotional side and lyrical side. And, and uh, when I was writing it, I had a big connection to actually what I was writing about. I felt the incredible soul print of an animal, a pet well, I shouldn't say a pet, a family member called Karma, a cat that had been with me. I'd seen born and had been with me for quite a long time. And then when he decided to leave me for better pastures and go into that big place, hopefully for lovely cats in the sky, um, I remembered uh, how much he'd taught me and how much he'd passed on. He'd left his message very strongly on my heart. And so I wrote this song called Soul Print. Now, Soul Print had a very interesting gestation period because as I was working on it, my whole studio blew up. Yes, the Pro Tools session that was um, containing Soul Print, uh, the hard drive just blew up. And so I was in a real panic, um, thought I'd lost... Particularly on this song, I'd done a vocal uh, quite early on, falsetto, which I thought had a lot of emotion in it, and now the tracks had vanished. Well, my good friend, Mike Rodriguez, um, helped me uh, find these tracks uh, over a period of about a month. We went in and did some scientific work, and Mike was able to piece together a lot of the bits and pieces of Soul Print. Not everything, but bits and pieces. And so the song, um, and in the most important thing, my lead vocal to me, the falsetto vocal, was found and we could use that i had to do some more recording but the essence the heart of the track was miraculously pulled back from death and here on radio owlsness as you know i dip into the big suitcase of odds and sods and rarities and um pre-mixes and all the strange stuff that happens when you're making a record and i found this very early um mix of soul print um i'll talk to you a bit more about it because i've been rambling on but this is an alternate slightly different mix to the album and i find it quite fascinating because i can hear how it was beginning to develop after we'd recovered some of the tracks so here is a different version of my song soul print fate will break the bond of love see Sadness fills my blood The kiss of grief The wound still bleeds In the echo of your name The gate is closed between us Yet a temper of Peace remains Kindred child born free and wild In the silence of the rain I feel your soul Even though you're
Well, there's that uh, unconditional love of animals and karma taught me a great deal about being relaxed and positive and seeing the best things in life. So when I wrote Soul Print, um, I was still grieving about losing my good friend. Um, I was reading a lot of poetry by the French um, poet Baudelaire and a lot of his images seemed to 
uh, speak to me about about grief. Uh, the first song we played here on the show, Compass, and here with Soulprint, I think there's an underlying reggae groove going on. There's always that in my blood. Um, reggae is a, a, a pulse that always seems to infiltrate everything I write in some form. And on this uh, alternate mix, you can hear that, um, well, you probably can hear, if, uh, if you've got headphones, especially because uh, the, you'll hear how it's panned, I'm playing several basses on this song, some with a pick and highly compressed. You don't hear that so much on the, on the main mix. And there are these live side sticks that uh, are more prominent on this mix, Burundi drum kind of thing. And I was beginning to find on the end, on the fade, a very kind of um, ethereal um, theme. Also, I think I can remember now that uh, I was always very touched as a young lad listening to Catch a Fire by Bob Marley. I just thought that was such an incredible record with Concrete Jungle on it and Stir It Up. And I think when I was uh, recording uh, Soul Print, there was a vague memory of how wonderful those reggae tracks felt. I think reggae is a, a spiritual folk music, really, and I think it really suited the um, feeling of soul print so there we are uh, a different version of soul print hope you enjoyed that i was quite excited to find that rarity now i think it's time for us to learn something here are true facts about the owl the owl is a quiet hunter it has specialized feathers on the front of its wings that reduce turbulence and allow it to fly in relative silence if silence were loudness they would be the loudest flying bird that's, that's a terrible metaphor. Yes, it is. That sounds like grand music. That sounds like something unusual is about to happen. And it is. Going to take you right back to that place we all love. Yes. Bad fashion choices. Get ready. MTV and the 80s. Oh, that mob, that mob that follows me everywhere. Um, this is a song and a rarity, real rarity. Actually, really, really, really from the vault. I wrote a song for the Commodores in 1985. It went on to the Night Shift album. It was the lead-off single, lead-off track. It was called Animal Instinct. Um, and <laughs> we've been talking about creatures, haven't we, a great deal in this show. So here is the eight-track demo of the Commodore song on a Casio keyboard, the same keyboard I used on Ghostbusters. Here is the cassette demo of Animal Instinct.
Primal Instinct on the cassette, from the cassette, right back from 1985. Uh, my mother told me when she heard this song that the cat she had called Jinxie, and we are doing a kind of cat show, aren't we here, that he went crazy. She said Jinxie went crazy every time my demo of Animal Instinct was played. I thought that was a good sign. Night Shift, the album that uh, this track was on, did very well for the Commodores, went gold. And of course, that single Night Shift um, became massive. And my track Animal Instinct became a very big 12-inch remix record and did well in the R&B black charts. Um, All that demo was done on a Lindrum. Uh, and a Casio keyboard, the same Casio keyboard that I used on the Ghostbusters track. Um, And the lion roar you hear at the beginning was taken from the TV. I sat there for hours waiting for wild nature shows to come on and I recorded as many animal sounds as I could get. And that's where the roar comes from at the beginning of the song. And of course, on the Commodore's record, they used a vocoder. And I thought that was quite vibey too. Anyway, from the cassette archives, that is Animal Instinct. No, that's not my bones creaking. (laughs) That's not the old kneecaps. That is the vault door being opened. And we're going to go back to 1990, moving up a little bit from the 80s, up to 1990. I wrote a song with Paul Young. Um, Yes, that singer of Every Time You Go Away fame. And we wrote a song called Right About Now. Quite a little sexy song there from Paul. And uh, it went on to his album Other Voices. And I'm going to play you now the demo we did. On analog tape, yes, yeah, sixteen track, I would say, just him and me, and um, actually we had a female backing singer with him as well. I'll tell you more about the song after it's played. Here's the demo of Right About Now. Oh, yeah. 
loved the end of that demo when Paul just started the scat and uh, feel the. There we go. Listen to that. Ah, the Marvin Gaye vibe, the loose Marvin Gaye, what's going on vibe. Yes, it seems to permeate the beginning of this song and the end of it, I think. Um, and as I mentioned uh, before we played this song, there is a female singer with uh, Paul here. Paul wanted the chorus to be sung by um, background vocals and he would follow it. So I was able to recruit my um, lovely friend, Mashan Taylor, and I'd met her in my early days in L.A. Great, great, great singer. She went on to do um, Sting's tour and uh, Pink Floyd tour. Yeah, she moved on from the amateur stuff with me, went on to the big stuff straight after. And that's her singing around Paul and in the choruses as well, which was a lovely touch. We actually recorded the master of Right About Now in London. Paul invited me across, and a producer called Warren Livesey uh, actually uh, recorded the master track, and I was involved with background vocals and bits of keyboards and bits of bass and all that, and uh, a lot of fun making that record. Other voices went on to be a gold record in England, and for any of you that doesn't know what that means, it means 100,000 copies sold in England. I thought that album had some beautiful tracks on it, especially uh, Calling You. The last track on the album I thought was just an exceptional song. And also the track Stop On By, which uh, Paul sang with Chaka Khan, uh, one of my all-time female singer heroes of all time. And a song on the album that Paul uh, sang as well was a song called Stop On By. Yes, done by Chaka and uh, Rufus. And I used to perform that song with my band Bronx, second pro band I was in in Bristol. So there you are. That's the demo right about now on Paul's album Other Voices from 1990. A particularly, particularly strong album, I think, by Paul. Seems we're at the middle stage of the show, 30 minutes in. So it's time for the beloved quiz. You all know the rules by now. Uh, If you're really good, you get 50 points for the first question right, and you get an extra 50 points for the second question right. So if you're really, really talented and wise, like an owl head should be, you get a total of 100 points. If you get them both wrong, it's embarrassing. So here we go. Question number one. What's the title of the first hit song... I had with my partner back then, Brian Fairweather, in England. Now that means, what was the first top 40 hit in England? What was the name of the song that Brian Fairweather and myself, Martin Page, wrote that became our first top 40 English hit single? I don't think that's easy, because it's not easy for me. Um, If you find out what that is, I'm impressed. And now for question... Number two, I wrote a song for Neil Diamond. What's the title of that song that Neil Diamond sung of mine? There you go. Two questions about titles of songs. I'm very interested to see if any of you owlheads are at all good at remembering song titles. Onward. Here are true facts about the owl. A group of owls is called a parliament, wisdom, or study. Ah, oh, quite like that. Um, parliament were one of my favourite R&B rock bands. And a group of owls are called wisdom, or study. Very tasteful. That's what you are, owlheads. You are either parliament, wisdom, or study. Classy. Well, I have the greatest job in the world, no doubt. Uh, as a songwriter, it uh, is, without doubt, the greatest job in the world. And I feel that the luckiest man, the most fortunate man, not only in this small Owl's Nest studio, but in the whole total world. When you're developing a song, um, there's nothing quite like it. I'm sure the songwriters out there can agree with me. Um, when you know that you're breaking through to something that feels rather special, it does feel like uh, you're a god. Um, I'm reminded of this um, back as I listen to um, a pretty rare demo here of a song called Blessed. Uh, that was on my In the Temple of the Muse album, and... Uh, It seems to be quite a beloved song of mine. It's uh, sort of stood the test of time. I was working with Josh Groban um, on a song called Me Morena, which he recorded for his album Closer. And he took a a shining alike to this song Blessed, but he wanted me to rearrange it and to change a few chords. And 
that was a great delight actually because I had to go back and look at a song that I thought I felt was carved in stone and yet I had to sort of reconfigure it to what, the way he was feeling it the way he might sing it the way he may portray it the way he might harmonically feel it and I'm going to play you now the demo that I made I made again of blessed to play to Josh Groban it's very interesting because I'm sure a few of you out there um, know this song pretty well and there are some slight changes and slight moves um, it was very interesting to reinterpret a song I really felt was um, quite finished in every way and I've discovered some different areas where it could actually um, speak quite powerfully so here is the demo a new demo of the song Blessed that I made just for Josh Groban to listen to. interpretation of a song called Blessed um, that I did for Josh Groban. Uh, Josh showed a great interest in that track when he was recording my song Me Morena for his album Closer. And if you listen closer to that song there with the demo, I was trying to um, change some of the chords, some of the suspensions, slightly different arrangement, and trying to create a melody where he could lift off as such. Um, and the bugger didn't record it. Um, he called me and said, I really like that. I like what you've done. But then I never heard anything more. But that is the plight of a songwriter, isn't it? They tell you they like it, and then they vanish. Yes, the plight of the poor songwriter. Actually, Josh was a lovely man, lovely man to work with. And uh, I remember sitting in the kitchen when we were recording Me Morena and uh, looking at Blessed in my studio. We were just talking, and he said to me, I really want to get onto the stage. He wanted to uh, 
build a career as a stage performer, and it seems like he's done that. But uh, I did like the man. He had a good, good heart. Um, so that's Blessed, a different version. Uh, the, the first version of that song is on my album, In the Temple of the Muse. And um, I'm going to let a little secret go here, but all these tracks you're beginning to hear on Radio Owl's Nest, uh, tracks that you've never heard before, the odds and sods, the misfits as such, yes, I'm going to put them on a double album. A double album is going to come just down the line with all these pieces that you've been hearing throughout the year, and I'll tell you some more details about that a little bit later. The universe is a very strange place, full of mysteries and odd possibilities that, while scientists ceaselessly try to figure them out, may remain complete unknowns forever. So, I recorded an instrumental ambient experimental album not too long ago called The Amber of Memory. And this song, Cloud Torn, is the last track on the album. Here's a slightly different mix from the album, a pre-mix. Here it is, Cloud Torn.
You've been listening to a song called Cloud Torn uh, from my ambient instrumental album called The Amber of Memory. Um, I love choral music, and every year I go to this wonderful church on Wilshire Boulevard here in Los Angeles where they do a great, great uh, Christmas ceremony. Almost, uh, well, actually, exactly the same as what they would have performed in England, Westminster Cathedral, etc. So, um, and they do this wonderful thing where all the singers, they turn down the lights in this uh, stone church, and all the singers go down the sides, um, past the seats, uh, with candles and sing but on the left and right of the audience it's an incredible um effect it's a uh, very ancient and they sing songs by great composers like uh, taverner and arvo pert and uh, some of the choral sing- well actually they're one of the best choirs i think in the world and here with this song Cl- cloud torn i was trying to create that um incredible feeling you hear when you walk into a wonderful ambient space like a cathedral or a church and uh, you hear the choir i was using a mellotron one of those very very old english uh, keyboards that is a simulation of voices and i think every songwriter and every musician will tell you that mistakes are sometimes fantastic in songs and on this track you'll hear the fretless bass is playing the main um, theme melody and that was a mistake on the on the actual computer and the keyboard. I was playing that um, to be played by a synthesizer, and it midied it out, which meant it rooted it out to the wrong instrument, and it was played by the bass. But I thought, ooh, ooh, I quite like that. And over the years, because I've been doing this for a long time, you sometimes sit back and say, let's live with that. That mistake seems quite wonderful. Um... I often get to the uh, cathedrals or the churches and when the, before the uh, actual ceremony and I'll stand outside the choir room where they're practicing and listen to the choir singing from a distance and I don't think there's a better sound in the world than um, hearing a choir practicing, warming up and you're listening um, from outside the room at a distance. There's an, it's a wonderful effect. And on Cloud Torn, I was trying to get a bit of that involved. Well... Some of you owl heads out there probably know this drum beat and this song. This song was called Everything You Do from my 2008 album in the Temple of the Muse. But here is a master rough version of it, which means a pre-master, when I just called the song Karma. Everything you do, do it for Time you 
This is what I call a pre-master. It's the mix just before I do the very, very final touches to it. And the song was initially called Karma, and we talked about Karma early on with the song Soul Print. Uh, it eventually became Everything You Do, and went on that album I was telling you about in the Temple of the Muse. And it was cut also by Mickey Thomas uh, for the uh, a recent Greatest Hits. When I say recent, I think it's about 300 years ago, but a, a Starship Greatest Hits. He did a version of it, and even Robbie Williams had a shot at it. Um, uh, but this is a pre-master rough, and you'll hear some different um, things in this track, and some things left out of it, and some things put into it. Uh, the stage just before it becomes the finished cake <laughs> with all the toppings on it. It's just before that. It's being brought out of the oven. I wrote this song um, when I was studying Buddhism and uh, had a huge breakthrough, really, psychologically with that uh, science of the mind. So there you are, karma, the cake, coming out of the oven just before it becomes gloriously decorated. <laughs> Ah, nothing like serious drum rolls, military drum rolls, to make you feel like something quite important is about to happen. Well, I think it is. As I said earlier, I'm going to release a double album, and that double album's going to be called, thank you, drummer, uh, The Poetry of Collisions, Volume 1, with selections from all these Radio Owl's Nest shows, all my orphans, all my misfits, all my odds and sods. So, uh... Keep your eyes and your ears open for that. And um, I'd like to play you a brand new song. And this song will appear on the Poetry of Collisions. Uh, here's a brand new song written about my father. And this song is called Proud. Same old promise 
That's a brand new tune, a song called Proud. I expect many of you out there have felt like me, that you'd love your father to see the things that you've done and uh, to be proud of you. <laughs> there, so there it is, it's reminding me. It's quote of the show time. And we do have a beautiful quote this week. And it comes from the Buddha. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. So owl heads take that in. That's the tea boiling, and you know what that means. It's telling me to shut up, keep my mouth shut, shut up shop, and get out of here. So um, I just want to thank you for coming along and being with me in the Owl's Nest. And you can get all this music, well, lots of the music you heard here, at CD Baby. You can uh, get the actual CD as of my solo albums, and you can download from there as well. And, of course, iTunes, Pandora, Google, Spotify, all those places do have a lot of my stuff to download, etc., I really appreciate you joining me today and having to listen to all my orphans and misfits and all that stuff. But I have to say, as I always do on the end of my shows, please look after the animals. Um, there's no need to be doing these scientific experimentations on the poor innocent animals anymore. We have better ways of doing that. Let's have compassion. Let's have kindness for those uh, furry creatures and the creatures in the sea and all the creatures in the air. Let's show kindness to them. You know, they feel just the same way we do. They feel happiness, they feel fear, and they need security. Okay, I've done my preaching for the day. I look forward to the next time you join me, and we are together again in the Owl's Nest. Bye-bye.